Bear Books presents Ending Samsara, written by JW Voice and read by Daisy Ray. Part 1, Chapter 20, A Tall American in a Café. The week after meeting the unexpectedly kind-hearted Blair had been hardest on Matilda. Despite finishing the last of their personal cannabis supply in Inverness and not smoking anything since, Marcus had been suffering from continual bouts of paranoia. Although it took much convincing from Tilde for him to accept it for what it was. He heard conspiratorial chatter in service station bathrooms and saw the shadows of figures looming over the motorhome when they were parked in entirely secluded places and every now and then there was an unexpected appearance from the ominous black removal van. Before boarding the ferry to France, he decided they should officially go off the grid and ditch their personal phones, leaving only his old business one stowed away with the battery removed. For him, it was relatively painless, seeing as he'd completely cut ties with any family a decade ago, but it was no easy task to persuade Till to do the same. Miraculously, she'd managed to keep her and Marcus's exploits a secret so far. When her mother alluded to paying her a visit or her brother or close friends had suggested meeting up, she'd expertly evaded making any commitments and cited scheduling conflicts. She'd become adept at such behaviour over the years, Marcus noticed. Having a boyfriend with such an unfavourable job had clearly given her plenty of practice in the department of deceiving loved ones. After what had been six days of basically non-stop travelling, with very little of what could be described as tourism, they rushed through Calais and the longest periods in Paris were spent at laybys. Marcus decided that he owed his girlfriend a decent break. When they eventually found themselves in Lyon, he checked them into an old-fashioned guesthouse on the outskirts of the city. It was one of the few with a secure car park, large enough to accommodate their motorhome. The secret compartment where they'd once hidden magic mushrooms was now where they stored wads of British money and several hundred in euros. Do you not think it's safe to speak to people through social media? Tilde asked as they disembarked the train at the city centre, like from a library computer or something. Oh, I don't know, Marcus replied. What if someone tracks our location? They're going to start to worry about us. Surely that can also lead to bad things. Marcus sighed. Yeah, you might be right. He was not keen on the idea, but it had to start being practical. Okay, tell you what, we'll find somewhere tonight where you can check in with people. Maybe say we decided to take a random trip abroad. Just tell them we're somewhere completely different though. Marcus found the architecture of Leon enchanting. It seemed a perfect union of the old world and the new. He was particularly fond of the cathedral overlooking the city from the hillside. Although the grey skies overhead proffered a degree of disappointment, it had at least remained warm and dry for them. After a morning of roaming on foot, they soon became hungry and stopped off at a reasonably priced cafe for a late lunch. After this, they decided to lose themselves a little more in the city. Marcus felt blessed to be with someone who enjoyed walking through novel places as much as he did, with no real direction in mind. When it started to become late, they passed a newspaper shop which sold at least one English paper. Marcus always liked to keep himself up to date with current events through the various news apps on his phone, 
and had felt somewhat disconnected for the few days he'd been without it. Soon the shops and places of interest started to shut down for the night, replaced by bustling bars and restaurants. Marcus settled on one bar with pleasant outdoor seating and ordered two beers. They engaged in people-watching for around half an hour before it came a little repetitive, and Tilda asked if she could do the crossword at the back of Marcus's paper. As he'd not finished with it yet, he separated the pages and handed them to her. While she busied herself with this, he continued reading. He worked his way through most of the stories with only partial interest. It was not until he reached page 27 that he found a title that especially grabbed his attention. London couple missing, presumed kidnapped. The article was small and there was no accompanying photograph. Earlier this week, a young couple were reported missing from the Chatham area of Kent. He read on and his heart stopped like opening a drawer and finding a tarantula inside. Signs of forced entry and a struggle suggest that Marcus Taylor, 30, and partner Matilda Basu, 25, were forcibly taken from their two-bedroom property at some time on Tuesday. Members of Miss Basu's family confirmed that she had not been in touch for days prior to the incident. Shit, Marcus said aloud. Sup, Tilde said, scribbling in one of her answers. I think you're going to want to read this. Marcus slid the paper across to her and tapped at the article. He watched her read, paying particular attention to her suddenly startled expression. Oh my God, they're talking about us. Yeah. But why did they think we've been kidnapped? And on Tuesday? We left London weeks ago now. Well, clearly that's when whoever decided to break into our place. The fact that we've been unreachable for this past week probably hasn't helped. And whose fault is that? Hey, let's not go there. If it wasn't for me, we'd still have been there when those bastards broke in to do God knows what. Oh, God. Matilda ran her hands over her face and spoke through her fingers. They've spoken to my family. I bet they're worried sick. Yeah, perhaps we should find somewhere with a computer. Tilde raised her voice. We should have done that ages ago. I bet all the libraries are closed now. Relax. I saw an internet cafe a while ago. I'm sure it'll still be open. You remember exactly where it was? Marcus nodded. It's not close, though. Then what are we waiting for? She shot to her feet. Let's go. Marcus delved into his pocket for his last remaining euros and left more than enough in a pile on the table. He snatched his jacket and downed the rest of his lager, inciting tutting from Matilda, who left hers half-finished. It took even longer than expected to return to the place he'd spotted earlier. He was pretty sure he'd made a few wrong turns and decided to keep this to himself. Are you sure you know where you're going? Matilda asked him after around 40 minutes of mostly silent, brisk walking. Yeah, it's literally around the corner. I remember that bakery. He pointed to a shop with its shutters down. The street was unrecognisable at night. Lively chatter punctuated discordant streams of music and veils of cigarette smoke twirled under the lights. It was now nearly ten in the evening. He desperately hoped that the cafe was still open. Matilda followed him around a sharp corner. There it is, he yelled at her. Several metres ahead was a yellow at symbol poking out from the side of a coffee house. Thank God, Marcus said, it's still open. The pair walked tentatively into the cafe, unsure exactly how to proceed. We're an hour ahead, aren't we? Matilda asked him. Marcus nodded. Good. That means it's not even nine at home yet. 
Do we go to the counter to pay? Marcus asked. I guess so. Till pointed to the row of PCs at the back of the room. Look, there's one left. You pay and I'll make sure no one else jumps on it. Marcus nodded and approached the counter. He reached into the pocket of his jeans and remembered he'd used the last of his euros at the bar. He walked over to the computer Tilde was sat at. Just realised I've used all the money I had on me. Hand me one of your notes. Matilda returned a blank expression. My notes? Yes, I told you to grab some this morning when you went down to the camper, remember? Matilda's face dropped. You did, didn't you? Matilda! Marcus glared at her. He only ever deviated from her nickname when he was mad. I waited for you in the room. You said you needed something from the RV. I did. Till pulled something from her pocket and hesitated. Lip balm. Christ, you seriously didn't pick up any cash. I'm so sorry. I forgot. I didn't remember until a couple of hours ago. Why didn't you say anything? Well, I saw you paying for everything, so I just assumed we had enough. Marcus felt his temper rising. He attempted to calm his voice. The resultant sentence sounded too serene, like someone about to explode at any moment. I was paying for everything because I assumed you had more euros on you. Oh God, Tilde slumped forward in her chair. I knew I should have gotten return train tickets. You said we could get a taxi. That was when I thought we had plenty of money on us. Right, Matilda recoiled slightly. Basically, we can't use any of these computers and we also don't even have anything to see us back to the hotel tonight. I hope you're up for a walk because it looks like we're in for a long one. As Marcus finished his sentence, he noticed a tall, middle-aged blonde woman next to him turn in her seat. Excuse me, she said in a heavy US accent. She stood up and stepped back from the PC. I couldn't help but overhear your conversation. Are you guys from England? Marcus frowned. Uh, yeah, he said. London, she beamed. I love the way y'all speak. Perhaps sensing that this wasn't particularly well received, she changed her tone. Anyway, I'm done on here. I basically paid for a lot more time than I needed. She gestured to her empty seat. You're welcome to use up the rest. That's so nice of you, Matilda replied in a naturally sweet inflection. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Marcus said, unable to manage a smile. Honestly, this means a lot. I'm Matilda. This is Marcus. Bella, nice to meet you. Are you folks on vacation too? Yes, Marcus quickly interjected while Tilde switched seats. Lovely, same here. Until my colleague phoned me up and made me finish a report for her. Nightmare, Marcus said. Oh, I'm actually being dramatic. It was just a little thing and she has a lot on her plate. I see, Marcus added, unsure what to say and not wanting to sound impolite. Did I also overhear that you don't have any money to get back to your hotel? Yeah, Marcus said through a sideward smirk. This one forgot to pick it up before we left. The woman suddenly opened her bag and withdrew her purse. Now I don't know how much the train is, she pulled out a note. Will 20 euros cover it? Oh no, we couldn't. Marcus felt a sharp kick in the side of his shin from under the computer desk. Don't be silly, how else will you get back? She held out the money. Please, take it. Marcus inwardly winced from the pain in his shin and took the note. Thank you. He held it for a moment. Where are you staying? We could drop it back to you tomorrow. Isn't that about twenty dollars? The woman laughed. 
No, honestly, as they say in my country, just pay it forward. Thank you so much, Tild suddenly turned back to say. Marcus noticed she already had about a dozen tabs open. Can I hug you? The woman chuckled. Sure, sweetie. After receiving a vigorous hug from the comparatively dwarfed Matilda and a rather formal handshake from Marcus, the American wished them luck and left them to it. She was so nice, Matilda said, frantically typing away. Yeah, a little too nice, Marcus replied with a frown. Tilt stopped typing. Oh my God, are you seriously paranoid about that too? I thought a break from weed would make you less twitchy. You're right, I'm sorry. He looked at the computer. What are you saying on there? I've contacted a few people. My brother is the only one live right now. What's been said? Tilde sighed. I've had to explain why we left. Well, half of it. I said it was all because of some bad business you did with the Russian. And now he's said this. She pointed at the screen. What is it with stupid blokes thinking they can solve their problems with guns? Marcus read the messages. Jay, I know how this kind of shit goes. They can't get to you so they come after your next of kin. I know someone who knows someone who can get me a gun. Matilda, a gun? Are you crazy? Jay, yes, a gun, and no, I'm not crazy. If you won't let me go to the police, you can't stop me buying it tomorrow. End of. If you'd like to learn more about J.W. Voice, the author of this story, pop along to the show notes where you'll find a link to him right there. And as for Bear Books Podcast, we're on all your favourite social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. See you on the next episode. Bye.